The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 50, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, Hey, it's me, it's Tack. How are you? How are, how are you? I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Hello. Hi. You like long walks on the beach? <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. What we do, Tack, as you know, mm-hmm. we take this episode, mm. we break it down. Yeah. We allow it to tell the school whatever it wants, making no <laughs> attempts at all to stop it, only to blame everything on them when we get home because, you know... Who cares? Because we have the lead part anyways, right? <laughs> All for you, the listener. <laughs> on today's episode, <laughs> on today's episode, we look at season five, season five, episode three, entitled Snow White and the Seven Bradys. Snow White and the Seven Bradys. <laughs> Sorry, you read it twice. Just <laughs> If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and Amazon Prime. But no. not all episodes. This episode is not available on any of those. No, because they're slackers. So this one was brought to you, brought to us, and you by Jim Larison. You didn't sing it. Oh, Jim Larison. Jim Larison. Bing. <laughs> We um, need to record that, like, for real. That'd be <laughs> awesome. So, so, how was your week? Well, I do have a leg update. I was going to say, because last time we talked to you, you were, like, having an amputate or something? Or <laughs> it was, like, snapped in half? Well, I was suspecting that it would I may have, like, a fracture in, uh, yeah. in my shin. Um, right. I know everybody has been on the edge of their seats waiting to I'm hear sure this they have, update. Yeah. I'm sure we got tons of emails about it. <laughs> tons all kinds of emails <laughs> pouring in just saying are we you literally okay, got <laughs> like 10 emails like. <laughs> uh, so the update is i ended up going to the er because i was mm. a little concerned that i may have broken it and it was getting Correct. worse yes um turns out i didn't good <laughs> I did good. not break it which is good that's a good thing yeah and i I think I believe last week I talked about how I had developed a big old blister, which is why yep. we thought maybe it might have been a fractured blister. And of course, they were super skeptical, like, no, <laughs> you think, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Did they yeah. say why they thought, or did they say why <clears throat> you have a blister? Like what? It was just from getting like hardcore scraped and just, you know, irritation. Oh, okay. I mean, you Excuse do me. have sensitive skin, so. Yeah. Um, but getting dressed to go to the ER accidentally popped the wonderful blisters. <laughs> it was there, I promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was um, big. <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, I spent four hour, four hours exactly at the ER, which is kind of nice. a record. That was pretty quick. Um, and then, uh, God, they had to do some blood work on me. <laughs> I don't do well with like blood work. <laughs> You don't it's do just, well with needles, despite being covered with tattoos. <laughs> right, it's <laughs> totally different, though. So, like, yeah, you know, one's needles and the other's needles. 
<laughs> no, it's totally different. <laughs> One goes like in your vein. Like that's weird. <laughs> like that freaks me out. <laughs> anyway, they ended up doing a couple of blood tests. Everything came back negative. They checked for infection. They checked for white blood cell count or something. Everything was good. So, mm-hmm. um, which tells me um, maybe that's a good cancer test. Maybe. Yeah, I would say so. I <laughs> so. In, in my old age, as wise as I am now, I've learned that you want trips to urgent care or the emergency room to be a waste of time. <laughs> you want that. That's a good thing. Yeah, It's not like going to Walmart and them being sold out of or whatever. That's not the same thing. Like Nobody's <laughs> ever said, you brought me to the emergency room and your leg's not even broken. No, that's a good thing. You don't want your leg broken. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's why I thought. That's why I didn't want to go to the air. I thought it was going to be a big waste of time with them going, yeah, it looks like you hurt your leg. Take ibuprofen. See ya. <laughs> you know, better, you know, elevate it and put some ice on it, which is what I was already doing anyway. Be but, honest, um, though. You were playing Ninja Warrior in your, in your storage unit, weren't you? <laughs> no. You were, weren't you? Be no. honest. God, no. I wish I could have a cool story like that, but no. <laughs> Um, so here it is like, I don't know, almost two weeks later, it still hurts. I'm still having to elevate it, still having to ice it. Um, I got bruising all over my leg on both sides, (laughs) all over my leg. Um, it is slowly going away, but there's still a lot of pain and it really sucks. And, uh, but I assume it's getting better. I hope, I don't know. This is going to be a funny show. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I'm fighting through the pain through this and being funny at the same time. How, <laughs> how much of a rock star am I? Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. My, the only drama I've had this week is like, you know, I was talking to you off air earlier. My cat apparently isn't feeling good. So we, yeah. we adopted this brother and sister cat, right? And they hmm. were a package deal. They told us that the, the female cat's a little bit, a little bit slow. A little, a little Sam, if you will. And, um, <laughs> dopey. <laughs> yeah. And they, um, <laughs> they, they kind of, re- she relies on him a lot. You know, they're always, whenever they lay down, they're always side by side. She's like stuck to him all the time. <laughs> and, um, he's not feeling good. So he's actually on the couch laying down. You know, we want yeah. him to, we want to be able to watch him and stuff like that. Excuse me. So he's been on the couch asleep for a couple hours now, two or three hours. She's having a temper tantrum and she's meowing like crazy trying to get him to come back into the room. So <laughs> if you guys hear meowing in the background, I apologize now. Right, there's <laughs> nothing I can do about it. And it'll it'll sound like her going, hello, hello, because <laughs> she's trying to get the mail to go out there. So, yeah. uh, I'm sure Damn. it'll be all right. It'll be good. Cool. So what did you think of this episode? What was your thoughts on this? Um, I thought their performance for the Snow White and Seven Dwarves, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I thought it was pretty good, too. It was like the best yeah. backyard show I think I've ever seen. It's almost like they're <laughs> professional actors. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I wrote the synopsis as mm. if I was reviewing like their show. Like, oh, okay. I don't call him Mike. I call him Prince Charming. And I don't call him, mm. you know, like Sam. I call him Dopey. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was interesting. It's a lot better than last week's episode. I, I was disappointed last week's episode. It's almost Hello? like the writer Hello? said, <laughs> it's almost like the writer said, ah, we got a professional, we got a professional football player on here. We don't really have to try to write. We don't have to actually have it be funny. So, <laughs> right. Um, so this one I thought was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's entertaining. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, let's take our first break because, you know, right. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and, um, and when we come back, we're going to dive into this. We're going to 
analyze this. We're going to mine this, if you will. Uh, Get it? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we will be back. are back Mm. we have the brady bunch season five episode three entitled snow white and the seven brady's Mm. now Mm. snow white and the seven brady's (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's written twice again um some facts about the episode it first aired september 28th 1973 Mm. written by ben Starr, directed by bruce bilson now did Ben Starr really write it? Because it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Like, he only wrote half the episode. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a cop-out. Anyways, no offense, yeah. Ben. Hmm. According to IMDb, Mrs. Whitfield, who appears at the end of the episode, she's the one that they buy the, you know, the teacher and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, was in fact the actual on-set teacher for the child actors. Mm-hmm. She is recreated in one scene in the feature, The Brady Bunch Movie. Hmm. That's kind of cool. And you can kind of tell at the very end of it when they pull her up on stage and Marsha goes over and gives her a hug and stuff. You can tell that there's some reality to that. Just the way how <laughs> yeah. comfortable they are with her. Yeah. The Brady kids stand-ins are all in the audience. You can notice if you look really carefully when they pan the audience, especially Cindy standing at the front right with the pigtails. Mm-hmm. Now, this kind of threw me a little bit. Yeah. Because when the scene came up, I was like, wait a minute, they're supposed to be in the audience. So I look and I see this girl in purple and I see her with pigtails. I'm like, holy shit, there is somebody. And she was black. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's her. Something tells me mm-hmm. it's not her. So then I went back and read it again and I looked again and she's on the far right hand side, the front row on the far right hand side. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I found her, then I saw a guy that looked like Greg and a girl that looked like Jan. I'm like, oh shit, they are in there. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that they had stand-ins. It kind of makes you wonder. I wonder if they want to do a podcast. <laughs> All right. When Mike and Sam are at the market, the policeman tells them that they need a permit to charge admission. Since the play is on a Saturday, the city offices would have been closed. Mm-hmm. I wish they weren't a liar. Mm-hmm. You know, like a liar. And lastly, it is unclear how the studio <laughs> got away with using Disney's trademarked names for the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think they gave a shit. Said, That's probably it. why it's not on Hulu. Ah. Ooh, maybe. Hell yeah. Hmm. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. We fade in. I love fading in. <laughs> Scene one. We open to see Carol pulling into the driveway in her station wagon. She gets out of the driver's side with her purse over her shoulder and begins walking to the house. Realizing she's alone, she stops and walks back to the passenger side of the car and says, come on, Cindy. Cindy keeps sitting and asks, couldn't I stay out here for like three days? (laughs) Carol, not having any of that, opens the car door as she tells Cindy to stop stalling. Cindy, not wanting to get out of the car, asks, mom, can't we make a deal? Carol comes back with a zinger as she tells Cindy, listen, I'm not Monty Hall. 
Besides, making a deal is what got us into all this trouble. Now, come on. Hmm. Cindy slowly gets out of the car with her school books in her hand. Cindy nervously gets out and asks, you sure you wouldn't rather me mow the lawn? Carol simply replies, no. Cindy offers, wash the car? Carol replies, no. I want you to march straight in that house and tell your father what you did. Cindy, still desperate, suggests, how about if I phone it to him? Like from Florida. Hmm. Carol simply takes her arm and tells her, come on, Cindy, as they both start walking towards the house. As they're walking in, Cindy asks, how could such a little kid like me have such a big mouth? Hmm. Carol at the very end actually says, uh, that's a good question. Oh, you, does can barely, you can barely hear it though. Cause it was like oh, okay. fading out. Damn, that's kind of fucked it. up. <laughs> so was Cindy, I noticed an outfit. Was Cindy wearing oh, like nice. doll clothes? <laughs> I, I put something similar. I said, I think she's wearing, I think she was wearing that dress in season one as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they ever got her new clothes. They just keep shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tiny yeah. little red dress. God, <laughs> it looks like it should have had like, like pants or bloomers or something. You know what I mean? Like, Hmm. Yeah, it looks like um, she should have been wearing pants. Yeah, yeah it looks exactly, like a yeah. shirt. <laughs> God. Like, anybody listening, like, tell if that's the style, because I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> but I don't All know. Right. Anyway. Scene two. In the den, we see Mike putting together a model of a house out of cardboard. He picks up to examine it when Carol comes walking in with her arm around Cindy. She greets Mike with a, hi, honey, to which Mike replies, hi, how was the meeting at school? Carol turns to Cindy and says, Cindy, why don't you tell your father how the meeting was? <laughs> Cindy walks to Mike and says, Dad, I have great news. Carol's surprised to hear this, asks, great? Cindy turns to her and says, well, it's better than saying awful news. <laughs> Mike, getting a little frustrated, says, come on, what is it? Cindy turns to him and begins to explain, well, see, it's about my teacher, Mrs. Whitfield. And you see she's retiring, and everybody loves her so much that we all want to buy her a special gift. Mike, not seeing any problems so far, says, that's very nice of everybody. What's the gift? Carol then butts in and begins explaining. Well, it's something Mrs. Whitfield always wanted. <laughs> a set of first edition books that cost $200. Without missing a beat, Mike asks, how much of my money did you pledge? <laughs> Cindy quickly adds, not a cent. Isn't that terrific? Mike ain't stupid. He fucking knows. Yeah, yeah. Carol butts in once again saying, now tell him the not so terrific part. Cindy explains, well, I had an idea how to raise the 200. When Cindy pauses for a minute, Carol encouraged her saying, go ahead, tell him what the idea is. Cindy gathers the nerve and says, by putting on the play Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mike, putting two and two together, says, <laughs> oh, I get it. And you told them your father was an architect and he built the sets for you. Is that right? Cindy answers, half right. <laughs> Mike asks, is it the other half that I have to look out for? Cindy thinks for a moment and begins explaining again. Well, you see, it sort of seems like you're in the play. <laughs> Mike, now in shock, looks at Cindy, then at Carol, then back at Cindy before exclaiming, in the play? Carol finishes explaining, it sort of seems like the whole family is in the play. 
When Mike turns back to his work in frustration with a huge sigh, Cindy tries to lower the blow by saying, Dad, you've got a great part. You're playing Prince Charming. Carol, trying her hardest to hide her excitement, throws out some jazz hands and says, Oh, and guess who's Snow White? Mike stares at her for a moment, finally saying, I don't have time to be in a play. (laughs) Cindy leans into Mike and says, well, it's just a little part. Mike, suddenly disappointed, says, I thought you said it was a good part. (laughs) Cindy thinks for a moment, trying to come up with the right words and says, finally saying, well, it's a great little part. Mike looks at Carol and asks, where were you when all this was going on? Couldn't you you stop her? That is the most amazing question he's ever asked Carol ever. Finally, after five seasons, he asked that question. (laughs) He's like, where the fuck were you when all that shit was going on? (laughs) (laughs) Carol begins trying to defend herself saying, well, I was right there. But when she told everybody that we do it, they all stood up and applauded. I mean... I mean, what can you do from there? I mean, that's it. Everybody plugged their ears and they ran out of the room. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they said they get a theater, sell tickets and everything. How could I back out? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just wish I could have been Mike. Sorry, I'm commenting too much. Okay. No, you're simply not. (laughs) Mike simply nods his head when Cindy says, Daddy. Mike chuckles for a moment, (laughs) finally saying, okay. With a kiss on the cheek, Cindy says, oh, thank you, but quickly warns her, yes, but if you want your brothers and sisters to be in the play, you're going to have to ask them yourself. Cindy says, okay, and runs off. <sighs> Everybody, you all know what I, how I feel about, about Carol. <laughs> she just irritates me. Yeah. Again, again, Flohan doesn't irritate me. Right. Carol Brady irritates me, right? <laughs> right? And I absolutely hate how Carol is secretly excited about all this. Like that irritated the piss out of me. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, and I guess I have to be the star of the play. Yeah, and she could not like, I wait. Wanna do that. <laughs> like that's the reason she kept butting in was because she wanted Cindy to get all that shit out so that she could say, <laughs> and I get to play Snow White. That's the only thing she really cared about. That's all she cared about. And also, why the hell is she blaming Cindy? She was right fucking there. Isn't she the parent? <laughs> right. All she had to do is speak up and say, okay, let me let me talk to Mr. Brady about this first before we plan anything. <laughs> right. Didn't she like in charge of the planning committee or something? Or what was it she was in charge of? I don't know. <laughs> God. And once again, they're just taking children's words at face value. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, this it's is like even worse because they're they're taking children's words with their parent right fucking there. Well, she didn't say no. So That's true. they were yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they probably looked at Carol and Carol was just like I was like, right. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I'm playing Snow White? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Hell heard, yeah. All I heard was those playing Snow White. I agree to that. <laughs> oh, God. She irritates me. Anyways. <clears throat> scene uh, three. <laughs> Carol Brady. Hell yeah. You, you gotta... Uh, I'm not gonna say you gotta love her because you don't. I don't. Anyways. <laughs> scene three. Next, we see Cindy up in the girls' room talking to Jan. Jan looks at her and asks, me play one of the seven dwarves? Cindy asks her, you like Mrs. Whitfield, don't you? Mm. Jan replies, sure. She was my favorite teacher. She was Marsh's favorite teacher, too. I think she was even mom's favorite teacher. (laughs) Cindy smiles and says, boy, she's been teaching since the olden days. 
Hmm. Jan smiles back and says, you better not say that around mom. Cindy gets serious again and asks, well, will you help me with the play? Jan says, sure. If I can be dopey. Cindy looks disappointed for a moment as she says, well, you can't be dopey. Jan's surprise asks, why not? Cindy tells her that she's saving that part for someone special. Me. Not me, Jimmy. Me, Cindy. <laughs> yeah. She then walks away, leaving Jan looking annoyed. Hmm. Hmm. Once again, not to beat off a dead horse, but Jan looks so mature in this. I know. <laughs> and I don't think it was the glasses either. She just looks really mature. Yeah. Um, she looks so much older. I think she looks, if I didn't know the show, I would think that she was probably as old as Marsha, like around the same age. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are around the same age, but. Yeah, but not in the show. Well, I mean, th- I in think they're life, using they are, their real not. ages, like on the show. Oh, okay. I think but I mean, they're like, not the same age. It was like a two year age different. Yeah. It was like two years. Yeah. yeah. Scene folks. In the bathroom, we see Marsha turn off the water and dry off her hands when there's a knock at the door. When Marsha says, come in, Cindy enters and begins to ask Marsha about the play. But before she can get the question out, Marsha's already saying, sure, Cindy, anything for good old Mrs. Whitfield. But Marsha speaks up and says, but I want to play Dopey instead of you. (laughs) Cindy in shock asks, how did you know I wanted to play Dopey? Marsha simply replies, thin walls. And look at hmm. how many episodes where they claim they didn't hear each other. Like shit <laughs> would go on right in the next room and they're like, I had no idea. And then in this one, everybody can hear the conversation. Even fucking Greg upstairs. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, Marsha's hair looks so freaking blonde to me in this. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I noticed strange stuff. I'm sitting there typing everything. I'm like, why is her hair so blonde? Like that matters. It tells you how ADD I am <laughs> when I, when I type this. Probably why it takes me two or three hours. Anyways. <laughs> Why does everyone want to play dopey? I don't know. I, I mean, I can understand everybody like, like there was a time in the nineties and two thousands where it seemed like all the girls were a dopey fan. You remember that? No, no. What? Well, it seems like that's the quote unquote favorite dwarf, but I can get it? it. Like if somebody asks, what's your favorite dwarf from, dwarf from Snow White? Dopey. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to uh-huh. play. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I don't know. Scene five. Up in the attic room. <laughs> Am I in my own attic room? Sorry. We Am see I Greg. Are you going to tell you play dopey? <laughs> if I could have an attic room, I wouldn't even want to play dopey because I just in my attic room and read books about dopey. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I think it's so funny. All right. <clears throat> Focus. Up in the attic room, <laughs> we see Greg sitting on his bed, restringing his guitar hmm. when there's a knock at the door. Greg shouts to come in and we see Cindy walk up the stairs as she enters. She says, Hey Greg, this attic room sure is neat. I love the way you fix it up. And I also love, but she's cut off by Greg saying, Cindy, you don't have to butter me up. I'm glad to help out Mrs. Whitfield, but I want to play dopey instead of you. He wanted to play Cindy. <laughs> Nobody asked you to play Cindy. What are you talking about? Because he said he wanted to play Dopey instead of you. Like, anyways, stupid joke. Cindy, once again shocked at how her siblings know she wants to play Dopey and probably wondering what the big deal is about Dopey, she asks, How do you know I wanted to play Dopey? Greg points down and replies, Thin floors. 
<laughs> Cindy just smiles and walks away. <laughs> Damn, they keep ragging on Mike's construction work. <laughs> well, in all fairness, in in the the original series, Mike supposedly never built it. That's yeah, in, the, in the in the in the the sequel the uh, the Brady Bunch movies. Movie. So apparently, he just moved into this pre-existing home. But I, I want to say, wasn't there an episode where he claimed he designed it? I just remember it in the movie. Yeah, he yeah, said yeah. he designed it. But in the parody movies, yeah. Okay, that's funny because everything everything he designs, even gas stations, looks like his house. Like, yeah, it's all the same <laughs> design. Anyways, um, I wonder if I did put. I wonder if Marsh is still jealous of the attic room. <laughs> I wonder if that's why she didn't go so. up there. Greg's about me sitting upstairs in his attic room, <laughs> and I'm just sitting downstairs in my room. <laughs> Scene six. Down in the boys' room, we see Cindy knocking on the door. When the door opens up, we see Peter. He immediately says, Sure, Cindy, anything for Mrs. Whitfield, as long as I get to play Dopey. <laughs> Bobby jumps in and says, That goes for me, too, but I want to play Dopey. The boys then close the door, arguing over who is more dopier. That's true. <laughs> Cindy walks away, saying, Snow White and the Seven Dopies? <laughs> Oy. That's such a dopey thing to argue about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Peter doesn't want to play George Washington. Just <laughs> but I could play George Washington. There's George Washington in Snow White, right? <laughs> they probably get mad and call you Bennett to get Arnold and slam the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. Oh, all right. Scene seven. Down in the kitchen, we see Alice with Cindy running in from the stairs. She asks Alice, how would you like a nice, big, juicy part of my play? Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. A nice, big, juicy part of my play. <laughs> <Sorry>. mm. <laughs> and then she reminds her, now you're not going to get paid today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alice smiles <laughs> and says she'd love to. Oh, shit. But then quickly asks if she can play dopey. <laughs> Cindy looks disappointed as she tells Alice, that part is already taken six times. Mm. Alice leans in and asks, what have you got left? Cindy excitedly asks, how about the wicked queen? Alice smiles big and says, you got yourself a deal. If I can't be a wacky dwarf. I'll be a wicked queen. Alice then begins cackling like a witch. Cindy, <laughs> with a huge smile, tells Alice, that was good. Before walking away, saying, thanks, Alice. <laughs> so it's hard for like me and especially our listeners to really understand like how Alice's cackle went. Can, mm -hmm. you, can you just go ahead and give an example? <laughs> like that, kind of. But more high pitch and more girly sound. Yeah, I don't really sound much like a girl, at least not right now. If I see a cockroach, sometimes I do, but that's beside the point. Um, so did good. Alice really think she was going to play a dwarf? Like she'd be taller than Snow White. Well, I guess some of the dwarfs are anyways. Greg, but Greg is playing. That's true. Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's like the tallest one in the family, and he played a dwarf. That's why. But yeah. Scene eight. In the den, we see Carol walking in, holding a hat upside down with the entire family in the den sitting. Ooh. Carol explains, kids, 
in this hat are the names of the seven dwarfs, and what you pick is what you get. Ooh, All at damn. once, the kids stand up and protest. Ooh. But Mike stops that shit with a quickness, saying, Hell yeah. Okay, now you heard your mother. That's right. And he says, All the kids, Stop moping around. <laughs> All the kids reluctantly agree and begin picking. Cindy goes first, but is actually struck in the face with a hat by her own mother. <laughs> Luckily, she hides the pain by grinning and continuing picking her dwarf. She reaches into the hat. And with one eye roll, she announces, Grumpy. Mm. All the kids chuckle at their sister's misfortune. Next, Bobby picks. He reaches into the hat. And picks. Bashful. Mm. Next is Marsha. She reaches in. And picks. Sleepy. (laughs) Greg, seeing his luck is going up every time someone doesn't pick Dopey, reaches in with a, come on, Dopey baby. He reaches in and picks Doc. Mm. Next is Jan's turn. Hell yeah. She reaches in and seems happy with... Next is Peter. He goes to reach into the hat, but instead sees the hat's label and announces he's seven and a quarter. (laughs) I thought he was like 12. (laughs) Mike doesn't see the humor and instead tells him to quit clowning and pick a name. The camera shows Alice in the kitchen wiping something off and looking through into the den as Jan is heard saying, if Pete is the only one left, he has to be dopey. But Greg and his math skills speak up and says, wait a minute. Wait a second. Hold up. I just, yeah, there's seven dwarves and there's only six of us. (laughs) So there's still two slips of paper left. Everybody is shocked by this news, by the way. They are, yeah. Like, they had no idea. Anyway. Carol, realizing that perhaps Greg knows math better than her, says, Hey, Greg's right. We're short one child. Come on, Mike. Let's go. Let's go fuck. Mike says... If that's a hint, forget about it. <laughs> I thought his joke was better than mine. Because I put that, I was like, oh, man, that's funny. And then I heard his, I'm like, oh, damn, Mike's joke was better than mine. Damn. <laughs> Peter reaches into the hat and begins shuffling the papers around to better his chances. Carol says, at this rate, we'll be here all day. Mm-hmm. Finally, Peter pulls out the slip of paper and it reads... <laughs> <laughs> Sneezy. Oh, All the kids begin to laugh at his luck. Detective Carol interrupts the laughter to say, Hey. Hey. We still need somebody to play Dopey. Marsha adds, We can't be Snow White and the Six Dwarves. Alice, who's been looking through the window, speaks up and says, We just have to find an outsider to play Dopey. 
Just then, Sam knocks on the sliding glass door <laughs> to deliver his meat to Alice. When Alice opens the door, Sam says, Hi, Alice. I brought you water. Alice looks at him and says, Sam, have I got a part for you? <laughs> Sam, I have a hole you can fill. <laughs> Sam, confused and perhaps a little turned on, simply replies, Hmm. Alice grabs his hand and enthusiastically says, Welcome to show business. And she pulls him into the house. Hmm. So I looked it up. And at this point in time, the movie had been out for 34 years. Okay. Why and how would they have forgotten how many dwarfs there were? It doesn't make any sense. It's not like the movie just came out. Well, it doesn't matter. It's in the name. The seven dwarfs. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) this is a movie that Carol and Mike would have seen when they were kids. So this is equivalent to like the Brady, yeah. like, well, like the Brady Bunch or the Wizard of Oz for us. Yeah. So it would like be like you forgetting what color the yellow brick road is. <laughs> Wait a minute, the yellow brick road is yellow. <laughs> That's right. It's not green. <laughs> so all we have My is TV green was bricks. Just screwed up. <clears throat> but yeah, I thought that was kind of lame. Yeah. And I just wrote they're just now doing the math on this. Like it just. <laughs> like as soon as I heard Snow White and Seven Doors, I immediately was like, "There's only six kids." How are they going to do the parts? But See, for me, I was like, oh, is Alice going to play Dopey? I was kind of hoping she would, because Alice would have fucking killed Dopey. Wait a minute, that sounded horrible. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I mean, she would have killed playing Dopey. She would have murdered him. She would have. <laughs> she would have, like, picked him up and, like, broke him in half. Anyways. <clears throat> Scene nine. Out in the driveway, we hear hammers as Mike pulls into the driveway in a red 1973 Caprice convertible. Hmm. Hell yeah. We see Greg, Bobby, and Peter working on set pieces. Peter and Bobby are painting while Greg is hammering a nail into a piece of wood. As Mike walks up saying, hi, boys, Greg proudly turns his towards Mike and says, how's this for a tree? Mike proudly says, hey, that looks pretty good. Of course, if you want an expert opinion, you have to talk to the three poodles next door. (laughs) Don't really get that joke, but that's okay. You don't get it? No. The dogs are going to come pee on the trees. Oh, so it's like a fire hydrant joke. Yeah, yeah. See, I would have said squirrels or something. Anyways, Mike (laughs) laughs at his dad joke as the kids just moan and get back to work. Mike also appears to trip on something on the way out. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a joke where he thought they were going to throw something at him. I think it was like a joke. I don't think it was a real trip. As Mike enters through the sliding door into the den, Carol is sitting at the table sewing. Mike greets her with a kiss and asks, how's the costume department coming along? Carol tells him, not too bad. I'm just reinforcing the seat of Sneezy's pants so they won't split when he sneezes. Hmm. Mike just laughs. (laughs) So, like, where's the cost of all these supplies, paint, (laughs) wood, (laughs) tools, uses? You know, and then they're sewing costumes and buying fabric and art supplies, you know, like, isn't this going to cost more than $200 for the gift? I think at this point in history, like hardware stores just gave out stuff for free. That's the only <laughs> thing I can think of. Like, but I mean, then again, we need paint. Mike- it's for a play. We're trying to raise money. Oh, well, in that case, Mr. Brady. Here, just <laughs> what I was assuming is that Mike went around to some of the building, you know, buildings that he was designing and, and asked the construction workers, Hey, if you have any extra wood, will you set it aside for me? I need it for a project. That's I'm guessing that's probably what happened. Hmm. I don't know. That's just. And they guess. said it's for, well, it's from Mrs. Whitfield. They're like, oh well, shit. 
<laughs> Here, take two gallons I had of Miss Whitfield. My, I think my grandfather <laughs> had Miss Whitfield. <laughs> you know how much wood is now? Like, how much do you think a two by four runs now? I know it's like expensive right now. It's like seven dollars for a two by four. Thanks for, so for an eight foot long piece of two by four. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, how much is um, how much is two hundred dollars in today's money, Tech? Oh fuck! I didn't do it. Damn it! I can do it though. Give me two seconds. That's okay. We'll move on. Nope, Scene nope, ten. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly thought you would have because I know you're you're nerdy about that kind of stuff. I know. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Do you have any idea how much it is? No. <laughs> Care to wager a guess? Well, I want to say I read somewhere that cars were like $3,000 back then. And if cars are worth like, cost like 25 now, then it was probably like, like $800 or something, $900. I don't know. Uh, good guess, but no, it's actually... So, two hundred dollars of nineteen seventy three money equivalent to twenty twenty two is worth one thousand two hundred and fifty five dollars and eighty six cents. Wow! Holy shit! That's way that's, more. That's than a I significant it was amount. Be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still God. donating a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, he had to. He the only supply really. They only made like two trees, and I was the. <laughs> The set. No, that's true. Not that's not true. They made so I'm guessing they probably spent in today's money maybe a couple of hundred dollars in in wood. Maybe. Maybe three hundred dollars in wood. Right. So back then that would have been like what, like twenty five cents or something? So <laughs> No, but they like, probably realistic like tw- probably twenty dollars in wood and stuff and supplies. So how many people were in the audience? What maybe thirty people tops? Yeah. How much were tickets? <laughs> twenty <laughs> bucks a piece? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's true. How yeah. they raise enough money? Yeah, because <laughs> even if they charged, yeah, if they charged a dollar a ticket, they'd have to have two hundred people in the audience. Yeah, and they did not have. And that, that's people. just to buy Mrs. Whitfield stuff. That's not right. even to, to for Mike to recuperate his cost. <laughs> right. So let's say they had to raise three hundred dollars to make it right. easy. Like that's, okay, yeah, ten. I don't even think there was thirty people in the audience. There might have been twenty five. Right. <clears throat> so. Let's just make it easy. 30 people in the audience raised 300 bucks. It'd be 10 bucks be $12, $12 a person. Yeah. And that's like a lot of money. So that would have been like $75 in today's oh money God. per person to watch a freaking <laughs> <laughs> backyard play. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. God. They charge $75 to see that crappy play? <laughs> Suckers. I guess they it's didn't expect people Mrs. like us to sit around and think about this kind of stuff. <laughs> Damn. It's for Mrs. Whipfield, so you know. They must be relying on, on private donations too. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. Or maybe concessions. <laughs> Dang. Uh, but anywho. And obviously they had enough because they had enough to pre order the books. Yeah. They already Just had off of right ticket there. sales. Ticket sales alone. Hmm. Dang. Maybe they're putting on it for multiple nights and this is just night one. It's <laughs> well, crazy. Know. All right. Scene 10. In the kitchen, we see Alice holding a handheld mirror in one hand and her script in the other, practicing her evil laugh. 
<laughs> she begins practicing her lines. Mirror, mirror that I see. Is there anyone prettier than me? She looks up to Mike, who's been watching, and asks, How's that? Mike looks at her and says, <laughs> Wicked, Alice. Wicked. As he leaves the room, Alice goes back to her lines. Mirror, mirror in my... But realizes she has just stirred dinner with her mirror. <laughs> it it kind of threw me mirror mirror that I see. Like ah, anyhow that line goes. Um, but I guess I couldn't copy it directly. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I don't know why I had this thought. I bet Alice didn't throw away the mirror or the soup. <laughs> I bet she just like. Well, why would she throw away the mirror and just rinse it off? But right. But she, you know damn right well she didn't throw away the soup. <laughs> nah, she just kind of They ate around. that fucking soup that she started with a mirror. That's so nasty. Because you know that mirror 100%. had like makeup residue and shit on it? You know it did? And hairspray residue? <laughs> she stirred that shit into the soup? That's so disgusting. That's so gross. The next episode, Peter's going to have food poisoning. <clears throat> that never crossed my mind, but 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> Did they not have COVID back then? What the fuck? Oh, no, I didn't. <clears throat> Scene 11. It's nighttime at the Brady residence, and we see Mike coming down the stairs into the living room. He asks, well, is everyone ready to rehearse? Carol tells him, just waiting on you, Prince Charming. Bitches only turn up with their friends. I can't make this mm-hmm. This is too much fun. I like to say. I wish you had one of these too. That's cool. Um, just then the phone rings. Mike answers it without the typical Brady resonance, but with the standard hello. Whoa. Yes. If you'll hang on just a second, I'll let you speak to the lady who's handling the arrangements. He then cups his hand over the phone and says, Cindy, it's Mr. Gunther, a gentleman with the theater. Cindy answers the phone with enthusiasm saying, Hi, Mr. Gunther. Yeah, that's right. This Saturday. But that's when it is. But Mr. Gunther, they printed the tickets already. No, I guess it's not your fault. Bye. Hmm. Cindy looks at Mike and Carol with tears in her eyes. As Mike asks, what's the matter? Cindy explains, I thought I told him this Saturday, but I guess I made a mistake. We can't have the theater. It's rented. Carol looks at her and says, oh, Cindy. Cindy Hmm. begins to cry as she says, I already told Mrs. Whitfield about the big day for her. And we ordered the books already. (laughs) And now it's ruined. (laughs) And it's all my fault. No, she didn't talk like that. (laughs) Cindy then (laughs) runs into her room upset. (laughs) What is that with a dinosaur? (laughs) She runs up the stairs. (laughs) I ruined it. <laughs> I thought it was kind of messed up that might <laughs> that might just hand the phone off to Cindy. <laughs> because I'm, I don't know, like like you would expect him. Like they're not going to help this little girl out. She's she's arranging something for a freaking school. You know what I'm saying? And they're just right. like, you're the one that opened your fucking mouth. Like you know what I mean? Like that's her attitude about it. <clears throat> I don't see it like that. I see I mean, it as like she's taking the reins on it. So they're like, I mean, true, but they're not Carol's like the reason they leave. <laughs> Carol's the one that caused all this because she didn't, you know, have the balls to stand up for her daughter. She's the one that should be on the phone. 
<laughs> if I was Mike, I would have been like, no, no, no. Cindy ain't dealing with this. You're dealing with this. You're the one that one didn't open your mouth. You're the one that let your daughter do this. So you get up and feel, figure this out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Scene 12. Up in the girls' room, we see Cindy on her bed crying. The door slowly opens and Carol walks in. She sits on the bed and says, By the way, you see her patter, patter butt? She pat her ass. <laughs> Cindy, hey, you know, I never thought you were a fucking quitter. <laughs> Cindy asks, Who's the quitter? Carol continues, well, it looks like you are. <laughs> you accepted big responsibility and now you're just dropping it. Cindy, feeling a little helpless, says, but there's no place to put the play on. What can I do? Carol sighs and says, listen, I'm not sure what you can do, but we could all put our heads together and try to think of something. Cindy turns to Carol and says, maybe we can do it with one big head. Then they both look at the camera straight at Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> See, it doesn't make sense to the audience because they've never seen my my big head. But Tack can tell you. I've got a really I can't tell head. you. <laughs> Hell yeah, Tack has seen my big head, right? No, <laughs> Carol shrugs and says, well, we just might. But no problem was ever solved by crawling into a hole. Cindy begins to smile and tells Carol... Well, I guess I better crawl out then, huh? Carol smiles and says, well, that would be a good start. She then helps Cindy up off the bed and says, now come on, grumpy, as they leave the room. Hmm. She really just called her daughter a quitter when she never should have been allowed to do this <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> yeah. God, but I, I didn't really see her as a quitter. Idiot. What's that? I didn't because she comes in and is like, "Hey, you're a quitter." And like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I got bad news and got upset and came up here. Right. And then she even says, "Who's quitting?" Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just upset of an outcome in my plan. Well, then she even <laughs> she even changes it up and, and she goes, "But I can't figure this out. We can't do the play." And she's like, "But we could figure it out." Then what the fuck are you doing up here? Then why are you calling me a quitter if you just if you just got done saying you guys can figure it out? Like, <laughs> Carol, that makes sense sometimes. Uh, no shit, because she says no problem was ever solved by crawling into a hole. Uh, has she never heard of a bomb shelter? Uh, <laughs> war, like war trenches? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Making babies? Gee, I'm just saying. I sure wish I could have some coal. <laughs> well, you sure as hell can't crawl into a hole and get it, because that's not going to solve the problem. <laughs> sure wish we had another kid. You know. <laughs> Maybe she meant no problem was ever solved by crawling into a hole. <clears throat> Maybe she meant like that. <laughs> that. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> she just called her daughter an a-hole. <laughs> that's so lame. All right. There was someone crawling. <laughs> like crawling. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> Scene 13. Looking into the kitchen through the den, we see Greg standing at the counter talking on the phone. He says, we need a theater for Saturday night, Mr. Fisk. How much? Oh, well, it's sort of for charity. I see. You already gave it to the office. Well, thanks anyways. He hangs up the phone and crosses a name off of his list. 
So I don't, I, <laughs> I didn't understand. I feel kind of dumb, but I really didn't get the line. You already gave it the office. <laughs> no, so it's not. I gave it the office. The line is, I gave at the office. Oh, at the office. It's it's oh. a reference to like like if somebody's like trying to raise charity for something, you know, like, hey, would you like to support the, the Rutledge Raiders and give a dollar? You know, so to blow somebody off, you would say, I gave it the office, kid, or whatever. I gave it the office. You know, hmm, that's okay. just a way to blow somebody off. Maybe I could ask my wife. To gave it the office. Well, because you said it's when they blow somebody. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like when a little girl wants you to buy Girl Scout cookies and you say, I already bought some from somebody at work. You know? Yeah. Like a liar. You know, like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but why would you do that? Girl Scout cookies are amazing. Yeah, but you can buy Just the generic ones at Dollar General and they're like half the price and they taste the same. I think they're only four bucks. Yeah, but the ones at Dollar General is like a dollar fifty. Hmm. So you can buy two Good. boxes for the price of one because nobody eats just a handful of those things. You eat a sleeve. Hell yeah! <laughs> so wouldn't you rather eat a sleeve of dollar fifty cookies as opposed to a four dollar box of cookies? And you can buy them all year long. That's true. Dollar, dollar General, a great place to shop. Hmm. Sorry, does it sound <laughs> like it was a? So they're not called Girl Scout cookies. What are they called at Dollar General? Dollar General cookies. I don't know. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I have no idea. You'd be more creative than that. <laughs> I think they're called mint cookies. Honestly, that's something like that. Because I mean, we're talking about thin mints. Because I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I come got on. you. Thin mints are fucking. Oh, you people awesome. are like oh the coconut one. No, get out of here. No, just get Fuck out of here. Fuck the it's coconut thin ones. Mints. Thin mints. Come there's on, a man. there's a couple of them that are really good. Obviously, thin mints. Those are just yeah. rule mm-hmm. all. But then you also have like the, um, like the peanut butter ones are good too. I want to say it's the Tagalongs. Is that the ones that are really good also? I don't know. There's one of them that have different names depending on what part of the United States you're from. Uh. And it's really strange because I work with people at work. One guy is from um, Oregon, from Portland. And I think he he's from, from different states. And I think he might call it a different name than we do. But I can't remember what, what the cookie's called down here. But different parts of the country yeah. call it different names. I ran into yeah, I remember, that when Caitlin was in the Girl Scouts. Yeah, I remember when I was working at retail, um, we had some Girl Scouts come into the store and my boss just bought like a bunch of random boxes of like cookies for like just all of us to just munch on. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the Thin Mints were, were gone like within like an hour. Of course. And uh, so all left was like the other ones. And I was like, well, let me try some of these other ones. But I don't remember this other one kind but it was fucking awesome i was like god these are so freaking good they're almost <laughs> as good as the thin mints like i would almost what like if somebody said here which one would you like i would have trouble like i can only have one but huh. i don't remember i want to say they were the tagalongs but i don't remember okay definitely wasn't any coconut bullshit that was for sure exactly yeah. <sighs> you know <laughs> speaking of coconut and candy and stuff i had a little argument on facebook today because I don't know if you saw this post, but my mm-hmm. daughter posted a picture of all these candy, different kind of candy bars. Mm-hmm. And it said, one must go kind of a thing. And I was like, well, Almond Joy, hello, bye. You know, who wouldn't want Almond Joy gone out of, off this planet? So <clears throat> I was like, Almond Joy. I mean, there's no choice. Um, my daughter And then loves she this. was like, <laughs> yeah, apparently mine yeah. too. She's yeah. like, are you kidding? Those are awesome. And I was like, what? And then my mother, <laughs> her grandmother also comments like, those are amazing. And I was like, 
And I just commented, I was like, you two need to reevaluate your lives. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. My daughter, she's like, um, you know, I'll, I'll go to 7-Eleven or something and be like, hey, what do you want from the store? Oh, can you give me a, a Mounds or Almond Joy, whichever one she likes? Like, what, what are you, from a nursing home? Like, what are you talking about? Like, nobody <laughs> eats that crap anymore. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody. Now, watch, we're going to offend a bunch of listeners. They're going to write in and be like, what the hell's wrong with you two? Well, I hate to bring it up, but it was an episode of Family Guy, too. <laughs> there was a character who was like, you know, he starts eating a Mounds bar. And they're like, are you eating a Mounds bar? He's like, yeah. Like, they still make those? Like, who eats a Mounds bar? Like, I do. He's like, I eat one every day of my life. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> All right, but anyway, anyway, we can continue on. Scene 14. Next, we see Alice on the exact phone, only looking through from the kitchen. She answers the phone. I don't know why I'm laughing. She answers the phone <laughs> again with the standard, hello. Oh, hi, Sam. Sam says, oh, Alice, <laughs> I had an idea about a theater for you. Alice asks, you did? Sam tells her it's a place they can use for free. Alice looks intrigued and says, it sounds like our kind of place. Where is it? Sam pauses for a moment and says, it's not exactly a theater, more like a warehouse. <laughs> Alice, feeling desperate, says, any port, any storms? I didn't fucking Another know, I didn't know what she said. I didn't know what she said either. Any port in a storm, Sam? Okay. And Sam was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did you have? <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't storming. Sorry. Sam continues, there's just one thing you have to do before you can use it. And you gotta you gotta wait until the temperature goes up 80 degrees and move all the carcasses out of the frozen meat locker. Alice rolls her eyes and says, uh, thanks, Sam. Keep trying, fucking dumbass. You are yeah. fucking made to be, play dopey. <laughs> <laughs> she hangs up the phone and delivers another eye roll. Dang. Yeah. I say beggars can't be choosers. Right. Like Alice just rolls her eyes. Sam was trying yeah. to help. Yeah. <laughs> what she needs bitch. to say is keep that on the back burner. At least we have a place. Yeah. And we'll keep looking. Yeah. Or how about like, a simple thank you, Alice? How about that? <laughs> I just said it's easy. <laughs> thank you. See? I said it twice. <laughs> exactly. B word. Yeah. Scene 15. In the den, we see Mike trying to work with Carol hanging out on the couch. <laughs> Mike throws his pencil down and proudly says, Carol? Carol answers, what is it, honey? Mike says, I think I figured out where we can put on the play. Carol gets up and walks to Mike saying, oh, Mike, that's terrific. You know, I know why I married you. <laughs> you are a genius. Where? Mike says, right in the backyard. The little arbor with an extension will make a great stage, and there's enough room for an audience. Carol half hugs him and says, that's terrific, Mike. You know, you're not the ordinary run-of-the-mill genius. You are a super genius. Hmm. She hugs Mike as Mike says, I don't know whether I would have said that or not, but I'm glad you did. Just hmm. then, Cindy walks into the doorway and says, I think I'm going to bed. My head is tired of thinking. Carol looks at Cindy and tells her, oh, honey, you don't have to think anymore. <laughs> Your father you has solved nice the man. whole problem. <laughs> Cindy, silly, you don't think. No. <laughs> Your father has solved the whole problem. 
we can put on the play. Cindy runs in, filled with excitement, asking, where? Mike tells her, right in the backyard. There's enough room for a stage and an audience. Cindy smiles huge and tells him, oh, Dad, you're a genius. Mike humbly answers, well, that tends to be the general consensus around here. Hmm. Carol takes Cindy by the chin and tells her, listen, we have a lot of work to do, so you'd better get a good night's sleep. Cindy's eyes get big as she asks, who can sleep now? I got to tell the others and runs out of the room. Mike turns to Carol and says, well, you know, there is a lot of work to do. Clean out the backyard, haul in the chairs, build the stage extension, rig the PA system and finish the sets. Carol tells Mike, look on the bright side. You have a whole day and a half to do it. Hmm. Mike chuckles and shakes his head. Carol hugs him and says, you're a genius. Remember Mike says true and gets back to writing. Hmm. So does Carol really have nothing better to do but sit in the den <laughs> while Mike works? Like, she's just sitting there. Well, I think she was reading a magazine or something. No, she was doing but... needlepoint. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. They got be stupid. two couches in the den, a table in the den with two chairs. They have a kitchen table with four chairs at it. They have two couches in the living room with two chairs. They have a whole dinner table. Plus, she has chairs in her bedroom. And she chose to sit on one of the couches in Mike's den. <laughs> it's not like it's not like she didn't have a place to sit. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where it just like you expect Mike to turn around. Like you really have nothing to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> For just one time, I want her to be sitting in his den and and her go Mike and have him turn around and go what <laughs> like an old Al Bundy like what would <laughs> just be funny. What kind of ugly, flowery karate gi is she wearing? Did you see that? <laughs> no. It looked like a karate gi with a flower print on it. Was that one of those, like, what are they called? What are they called? Corn husks? Yeah, kimonos. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It, it honestly looked like a karate gi. It looked like she was about to like, do MMA those. or something. What's that? It was, like, big in the 70s and stuff. My mom had one of those. God, a couple of those. so right? ugly. Um... <laughs> My mom, <laughs> grandmama gave me that chain. <laughs> I put this note down. I don't know why I put this down. It just it amused me. That needlepoint ain't going to do itself. <laughs> That's probably what she tells Mike when the cameras aren't running. Like, what? This, this needlepoint ain't going to do itself, Mike. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, they should have added the line, <laughs> like Cindy or Carol has ever thought before. <laughs> um, I'm surprised, though, that Carol says, we have a lot of work to do. Because as soon no, as Cindy leaves, she's says, like, you have a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. But with Cindy standing there, it's we. And if you notice, <laughs> the boys are out there. Mike's out there. Mm-hmm. Cindy's out there. Alice is bringing people. Where the fuck's Carol? That needle no, point can do itself. Yeah. Greg's on the phone with people yeah. trying to get a place. Yep. You know, like Alice is on the well, phone trying to get a place. In all fairness, Carol's doing a lot of the costume stuff. So oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I would have right. felt better right. if she was sitting in Mike's den sewing a costume. <laughs> yeah. That would have made me feel better. <laughs> That's something he probably should have said. Exactly. You know yeah. what made me feel better? You can sit there as long as you're working on costumes exactly, or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is where we take our next break. All right. So the Brady clan is all dressed up in costumes with nowhere to perform. But Mike may have saved the day. 
Will his architectural genius save the day? Hmm. We will see. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions. A long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and he can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters and sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier we went off on a tangent and we're Mm -hmm. talking about candy bars and stuff. Um, Oh, yeah. One thing me and my family do because we we have a, my oldest son is is a very picky eater. Yeah. And um, so what we started doing early on was if you're a fan of Rhett and Link, they have these taste tests all the time. So what Mm -hmm. we do, we do it a little bit modified. We go to, to, um, world market and we buy a whole selection of, of usually snack foods because they tend to taste better than weird sausage and stuff. <laughs> so we go there and get a bunch of snack foods and then we put it on a plate one by one and we have the kids try it. Okay. And after they try it, then they kind of give us an idea of what they think, like whether it was good or not and what country specifically what country they think it's from. And then we keep track of it and okay. we keep track of who wins, like who got the closest, right? Yeah. Um, and one of them, <laughs> my wife busts out with, she goes, this one is from, I think, England or something like that. And it's called a bar none. I'm like, <laughs> bar none? We had those in the United States in the 80s. Like, really? And I go yeah. look at it and I'll be damned if it's not the same candy bar. I'm like, that's weird that yeah. it's still being made in different parts of the world, but we don't have it here anymore. Well, what's hmm. funny is I had to take a picture of it and send it to my nephew, Jamie. 
Yeah. Because there was one time when we were kids <laughs> yeah. where he was telling me the story. And in the story, he talks about how he had a boner. He's like, oh, man, I had a boner, right? As soon as he says that, his sister comes walking, and his sister's like seven at the time, right? She's yeah. like, what did you say? And he's like, oh, I had a, I had a bar none. Because we used to eat them when we were kids. I, 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 I had a bar none. She's like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, the candy bar, bar none. She's like, oh, okay. Because we didn't want to get in trouble for talking about that in front of his sister. So right. it's been an ongoing joke. You know, my nephew's only two years younger than me. So it's been an ongoing joke since we were kids. So of course I had to take the picture and send it to him. You know, picture of a bar <laughs> nine. Like, so now it'll be like, Oh, I got your favorite candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So in this episode, Cindy yeah. opens up her mouth yeah. and kind of volunteers her and the family for something that she probably wasn't expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you have any like <laughs> anecdotes or interesting stories about maybe you, you probably volunteered yourself for something that you probably didn't want to do like you know what I mean like something that you just you probably shouldn't have volunteered yourself for and you ended up you know in over your head so to speak um I'm trying to think here um kinda I wouldn't say in over my head but the first thing I can think of was just like a work project <clears throat> that because like, I guess at work, they wanted to film a video for work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, I let them know that I have a background in all this and, uh, and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. That can be really helpful. So we have a few of the shots we want to get and they just kind of told me basically what they wanted, but this was not my dream scenario shoot. <laughs> like, had I been a little bit more prepared, it was like on the day, you know, it wasn't like, right, right. Hey, yeah, next week we're going to shoot some, you yeah. know, it was like, you had time to today bring equipment and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all I had was a cell phone and that's it. But they wanted to shoot some footage of like conversation and stuff. I guess all I had to go by was like the audio on the phone. And I was just right. like, Oh God. And then like, it was just, at the end of it all, it we had one shot that was really good and really awesome, and the rest of it I just was not proud of at all. And I told him after it was done, I was like, I'm not super proud of this video. I wish I would have had more time. Because <laughs> they had like some shots that they'd already done before, like a day or so before that, that were not very good. Um, they wanted to splice in some pictures with music and stuff like that, which no problem doing, but... And it was like, I had like six pictures and that was it. <laughs> but I would have known that, you know, we can like, oh, well, I was there. I would have snapped more pictures knowing that I had to do this. Exactly. You yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was just, was not very good. <laughs> so, I had for like a contest and we didn't win. I never heard anything else about it. Back sucks. about it. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of those instances at work. I had to to record a video for a, a engineer that I worked with and it was her demonstrating this new station that she had set up. And so they asked me yeah. they're like, Hey, can you film something for it? It's the same scenario. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And I, my plan in my head was to bring in, you know, a lavalier mic, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, well, I thought it was going to be maybe after the department shut down so I could turn all the machines off because we had five lines, each consisting of like seven machines. Each line had three computers, all of those with power supplies. Hmm. Plus there's server racks everywhere. All this, There's alarms going off. So there's this ambient noise that's actually pretty loud. <clears throat> yeah. 
And amongst all that, that while everything's running is when they wanted to film this. <laughs> and I didn't have a lavalier mic. Right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And so all I could do was I tried to, to correct it, the audio in, on the computer, but it came out really, really strange because it was straining to kind of cut out background noise. And yeah. so it made her voice sound really kind of weird and everything. And of course yeah. they had to show this in a staff meeting to my boss <laughs> and it had my name on it as editing it. And it sounded terrible. And so it's it sound like she was like underwater. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like embarrassed. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, there was a lot of background noise. I did everything I could. And they're like, no, that's they're, they were being polite. You could tell they were like, Oh no, that was, that was, that was good. You, you know, I could understand her. Like, oh my God. Showing the video and then like, yeah. And all of this was 100% Jimmy Klein. And you're just like, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. No, you know, you don't need to say it all terrible. that. It was terrible. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. That was, fun. and another time yeah. I, I used to be the guy that did all the headshots for the managers. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I did a bunch of headshots for a bunch of different people. And this guy walks in that was six foot four. Right. Yeah. And I had three lights running and this guy walks in and I'm supposed to be doing headshots for him. And I said, Hey, um, no, no matter what I did, he was ab above the lights, you know, cause he was just going to stand there <laughs> and right. the roof was, I didn't have that high of a ceiling. So it's not like I could really jack the lights up. So they were shiny down on them. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up a step stool and I said, I need you to sit on this, sit on the step stool. I'm having a little bit of problems with the lighting. And he goes, he kind of gave me a look and he goes, you're, you're having trouble cause I'm black, right? <laughs> like, no, no. And he goes, no, you just said you're having trouble with lighting and stuff. I was like, no, I'm having trouble cause you're six, four. And he just kind of looked at me. He goes, Oh, I was like, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm five, eight. So I'm having a little <laughs> bit of trouble taking good headshots. So I'd really need you to sit on the step. Stool. And he goes, Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so after that, I didn't really want to do headshots anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so I did tell him, I was like, um, I was like in post and in, in Photoshop is where I deal with complexions. And I was honest with him. And I said, really, it's, it's not black people that that's hard to edit. It's, it's really Latin American people because they, if you don't do it right, they tend to turn like a yellow color in post. And so you really have to know the white balance. You know, hmm. that sounds racist as hell, but it's not me being racist. It's, it's a photography <laughs> fact. That's, that's how it comes out. So hmm. anyways, yeah. you ready Awkward. to get back? You ready to get back into this? <laughs> yeah, let's right. do it. Okay. When we left off, the Brady clan plus Alice and Sam got suckered mm. into performing Snow White in the Seven Dwarfs for Cindy's school. Only they had no place to perform it. Has Mike figured it out? Or is he really the dopey one? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I well, gave yeah, some hard questions right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's get back afraid. into this. Scene 16. In the dining room, we see Jan, Alice, and Marcia sewing away. They're sewing like the wind. <laughs> Alice looks up and asks, have we got enough bed sheets for the stage curtain? Jan looks up while sewing and says, no, I think we need one more. Alice puts her sewing down saying, well, I better go get it. But as she gets up to walk, she finds out that she sewed the bed sheets to her uniform <laughs> and pulls everything off the table as she walks away. Alice makes a face and says, I hope I do better in show business than I do in the sew business. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, 
okay, I'm not an avid sewer, but I know how to sew, and I know you do too because you're in the military. <laughs> yeah. How would you do that? <laughs> you would feel yourself sewing something to your uniform, right? <laughs> For sure. Okay, because it would be a lot harder to push through than a thin bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and and yeah. it's not like Alice never never like hem stuff for the kids. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Scene 17. Out in the backyard, we see Cindy handing a speaker to Mike, who's up on a ladder. As the camera pans out, we see Peter sawing a piece of wood as Greg comes up, urging him to go faster, saying, come on with that thing, would you? Peter then saws even faster, finally getting the wood cut. As Greg walks away with the cut wood, my computer realize that he has not only cut the wood, but cut the sawhorse too. <laughs> Peter. Mike just laughs. <laughs> Alice then comes out carrying drinks for everybody while announcing, how about a cooling off break, men? Everyone takes their drinks with a mix of thank yous. Alice walks to Mike and says, the stage looks great already, Mr. Brady. Mike puts his hand on his hip, strikes a pose and says, Alice, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. But baby, you sorry. <laughs> no, I should have did the the <laughs> so what did Alice bring them to drink? <laughs> it was like a dark liquid, like it was too dark for tea. Was it like soda? Or grape I juice. I guess grape juice, yeah. Hmm. All right. It just seems like a weird thing to bring. Yeah, yeah. Like for some reason, like water or lemonade or something. Well, for some reason, I can't picture the Brady Bunch like giving their kids soda. I don't know why, but <laughs> right. But like lemonade, I think would have been better than yeah. a dark liquid or water <laughs> because sugar's just gonna make you thirsty. That's my daddy's just <laughs> he didn't talk with the lisp. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> Peter looked like he was really sawing that wood. I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it looked like he really saw hmm. it. Um, and also, why do they need a PA system? And they're not running lavalier mics or anything. He said later in the, during the performance. Yeah, but I didn't know at this point. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, at this point, I didn't know. But oh. I'm sitting there going, it's PA. What, what the fuck? I'm thinking for the curtain speech. They don't need a damn PA <laughs> system for the curtain speech. But okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> but at the time, that's what I was thinking. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. 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 Scene 18. It's opening night. Opening night. We see the backyard with the stage complete, along with chairs for the audience. The audience is starting to come in and sit down. Carol is in the den, nervously looking out of the window in a big black wig. I don't know why I added big, but... (laughs) (laughs) A red flowery (laughs) skirt and a white button-up shirt. Mike comes in wearing his Prince Charming uniform that consists of black top with a design on the chest, polka dot sleeves, purple pants with boots and a hat. Mike asks, you counting the house, honey? Carol turns and answers, it's just one. We only live in one house. <laughs> We're in it. You can't count from in it. You got to stand out in the yard, but I can't because all these people are there. <laughs> Carol turns and answers, I'm counting the house and my pulse. Mike confused asks, huh? Carol walks to him and says, I have opening night jitters. Mike puts his hands on her shoulders and says, 
Relax, Snow White. You're going to be a smash. Besides, what could go wrong now? (laughs) (laughs) As if on cue, Alice comes walking in and says, Mr. Brady, Mr. Brady, I made the most terrible goof. When I was rehearsing today, I ate the most important prop in the play, my poison apple. And Carol's like, oh, my God, we got to get you to the ER. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Quick, make yourself throw up. Here, you can use my finger. <laughs> Sorry, I just I had another joke in my. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go to a dark place in that one. I was gonna be like, <laughs> Carol's like, quick, make yourself throw up. You do it like this. Like, what? Use my dick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Alice goes on. Um, the one I have to give to Snow White. Carol, confused, says, "Well, we had a whole bag of apples." Alice turns to her and says, I know, but I rehearsed an awful lot. She then turns to Mike with hope and asks, you don't suppose the audience would settle for a poison banana? Mike calms Alice down and says, there's plenty of time. I'll go to the market and exits. Mm. There's something about something about <clears throat> Carol's costume made her look so old. She looked like such an old lady in that costume. I don't know if it was her makeup or what, but I was like, holy crap. She's supposed to be Snow White. She looks older in that costume (laughs) than she does without it. Might have been the black wig. I don't know. (laughs) But hands down, Mike had the best costume. That (laughs) was great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Alice looked like her little costume for the evil queen. Mm -hmm. She looked like Endora from Bewitched, like the the mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't tell. I couldn't remember if that was the next door neighbor or if that was. Yeah. yeah, Okay. I know you're talking about now. She looked just like her. Exactly like her. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Wouldn't it be funny if that's the same costume? (laughs) (laughs) Scene 19. Out in the living room, we see Sam rehearsing his line saying, duh, I remember where we live. (laughs) Mike runs out of the kitchen, spots him and asks, Sam, is your truck parked out front? Sam answers, yeah, why? So I don't do as good as you do. Mike answers, (laughs) that sounds good. (laughs) Mike answers, because I need a lift to the market fast. Sam says, sure thing, Mr. Brady. And they rush off. (laughs) I thought it was funny because Sam actually said, duh. (laughs) <laughs> he's like duh I remember I just thought that was cool duh, okay Rocky sorry it made <laughs> me think of, uh, it made me think of uh, you can't do on television barf where he's like duh <laughs> I heard yeah. that yeah. <laughs> what do you think's in the burgers <laughs> ooh you got a long one hmm I mean I'm, right. wait a minute don't let that get to your head I'm talking about your next thing to read <laughs> no. yeah <laughs> All right, scene 20. 20. Next, we see Sam and Mike driving around a corner as if in a car chase, <laughs> finally pulling up to the market. Mike runs up to the door saying, um, I'll only be a minute, Sam. Sam, who has stayed in the truck, says, I won't move an inch. But just as he says that, a cop walks up to the window and says, move it. Sam gives him a look and says, oh, hi, officer. The officer responds, you're parked in a red zone. Sam tries to explain, saying, well, he'll be right out in a jiffy. The officer asks Sam if he has his license. Sam tells him it's right here and begins fumbling around for his wallet. But when he doesn't produce it right away, the officer says, maybe you should step out and show it to me. Sam agrees. Okay, sure. As Sam steps out of the car wearing shorts, suspenders, a yellow shirt that says (laughs) dopey, and a dunce cap, the cop looks at him and says, 
Anyone ever tell you your mother dresses you funny? <laughs> That's awesome. That was a funny line. Yeah. <clears throat> Sam simply stares for a second, then looks down and chuckles, realizing he's still in costume. Really? He forgot. <laughs> Sam Sam laughs and says, let me explain. See, I'm dopey. <laughs> The cow just stares and says, well, I figured that out. (laughs) Just then, Mike comes around the corner carrying a bag of groceries. He walks up again in costume and says, hi there, officer. The cop now, with hands on his hips, looks at Mike and says, who are you supposed to be? Mike answers, I'm Prince Charming. (laughs) The cop asks Mike, you have any identification prints on you or did you leave it at the palace? Mike gets nervous for a moment and says, I'm Mike Brady. They know me in the market. (laughs) Like somehow that's that's so random. (laughs) Sam, now thinking, speaks up saying, officer, we've got to get back with the poison apple. The cop confused asks, poisoned? Mike, without thinking either, goes along with it saying, yeah, it's for the wicked queen. (laughs) The cop crosses his arms and says, I can't wait to hear the rest of this. (laughs) Mike begins to nervously laugh as he says, You see, officer, we're doing a play, Snow White, and we forgot the apple. The cop, proud of his detective ability, says, Yeah, I figured it was some kind of costume thing. Okay, get going. As Mike walks away, (laughs) the cop stops him and asks, Hey, in case my kids want to see the show, what theater are you playing? Mike tells him that it's not in a theater, it's in his backyard. The cop gets serious and asks, you charge admission? Mike answers, oh yes, we're trying to raise money. The cop, still serious, asks, I assume you have a city permit? Hmm. Mike nervously asks, uh, permit? (laughs) The cop reiterates saying, you've got to have a permit. Mike nervously thinks for a moment, finally telling the cop, see, we kind of forgot the permit. The cop just looks at Mike up and down. Mm. The way Mike answers that, he either A, lied to the cop, or he genuinely wasn't going to get a permit. Because he doesn't mm. he doesn't seem surprised when the cop said permit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because it's not like he went, oh, shit, the permit, I totally forgot. Like, he didn't do that at all. He was just like, no, that's uh, true. permit? So either Mike lied to the cop, which isn't like Mike at all, or... Mm-hmm. He was never going to get a permit. He either knew about the permit, was never going to get it, or he <laughs> didn't know about it. Well, I can't imagine Mike, especially with what he does, has no idea how city permits work exactly. and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like his job requires anything like that for him to know. <laughs> so I think Mike, <laughs> we just saw Mike fucking lie straight to a cop's face. <laughs> for sure. That's fucked up. <clears throat> um, well, first of all... Um, they said, is your truck parked outside? That wasn't a right. truck. That's a van. <laughs> um, and it just was funny. I was like, hey, where's your ID? And he's like, I know it's, I mean, they know me in the market. I'm like the fuck is that have to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that, you know, Janice knows you, but I don't. So I need your ID. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird, but like, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did they ever discuss the whole permit situation? Later? Mm Or they just show up, right? They just show up. They never explain what happened. So that really gets me thinking about the cop just looks at Mike up and down. 
mm-hmm. and then he shows up still not needing a permit. Well, what we happened? don't know if he got the permit at all. We're assuming that the reason it took so long <laughs> is because he had to go get a permit. Well, like they pointed out, it's Saturday, offices are closed. Exactly. But Carol does have the line like, what's taking them so long? So you're you're suggesting that, you know, Sam has a closed-in van with no windows. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm so suggesting Mike, at all. you know... <laughs> Did a little bit of oh, okay. blah, blah, blah. see what I'm saying? Okay, so we are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what you're suggesting. It ended right? with the cop like looking at Mike up and down, like I like your tights, yeah. you know, kind of thing. There and, you go. And Mike's like, "Permit? Oh yeah, I got a permit in here. Hell yeah! In fact, I think I keep it in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, "I got a permit right here in my pants." Oh wait a minute, let me do that line again. Hold on. <laughs> so Mike's like, "I got a permit." Right here in my pants. <laughs> yeah. And the cop's like, permit? Where is it? Right here. Jump in the van and I'll show you my permit. You got to come find it, officer. Yeah. And Sam's like, what are you talking about, Mr. Brady? <laughs> you don't have no permit. You don't have pockets. <laughs> <Sorry. clears throat> That's so dumb. <laughs> Uh, All right. Scene 21. Back in the backyard, we see the house filling up and all the Brady's hiding in the garage carport thingy. In spite hmm. of Greg being tall enough to see over the wall, Bobby climbs on something and peeks over. He lowers back down and turns to the family saying, the natives are getting restless, mom. Carol looks hmm. at the kids and says, I can't imagine what's happening to your father and Sam. <laughs> If only she knew. <laughs> if only she knew. Yeah. <laughs> Cindy explains to all of them, we can't start the first scene without Dopey. He's in the first scene. Carol finally makes a decision and says, get ready, everybody. Marsha asks, what are we going to do? Carol, not sure what to do, says, well, uh, just get ready. I'll try to stall. I don't know. And walks out onto the stage. Carol then emerges from between the curtains and tells the audience hello. The audience begins to applaud. When the applause dies down, Carol says, Welcome. Welcome to our show. Now, uh, before the curtains open, I would like you to meet the celebrity who's responsible for bringing us all together. She's everybody's favorite teacher, Mrs. Whitfield. The audience once again applauds. Carol stands Mrs. Whitfield up and has her take a bow. When she sits back down, Carol begins trying to stall, saying, well, um, I just wanted to say a couple more things. Uh, but before she can finish, Sam's truck peels into the driveway in a hurry. Sam and Mike jump out and begin to run up the driveway, but are stopped when everyone is staring at him. <laughs> Mike stops, look at the audience and says, hi, folks. Funny thing happened on the way to the market. That's an old theater joke. I expected uh, the porn music right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I was thinking more of a theater joke. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum, the theater show. No, no. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. But also. <laughs> brings a new meaning to rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> In Sam's eyes, it looked like 
Sam looked like had a look on his face like he'd seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, Alice, we gotta talk. <laughs> Carol, now glad that the guys are back, tells the audience, I would like to thank you all for being so patient. And now our version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The audience once again claps as Carol attempts to exit through the curtains, but instead retreats stage right when she can't find the opening. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds mm. like a personal problem. What's that? All right. Nothing. Stupid joke. Scene 22. The curtains open up. We fade in. No. <laughs> we see all six Brady kids led by Sam enter the stage all singing, Hi ho, hi ho. It's off to work we go, which is, I'm pretty sure, a Disney song. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they circle the stage, all running into each other when Sam stops quick. Doc gets mad and asks, What did you stop for, dopey? Toby confused says, duh, I forgot which way we live, Doc. All the dwarves point in different directions, saying, we live that way. Sleepy yawns and asks, can we get going? <sighs> it's time for my nap. I'm sleepy. Sleepy puts his head on Sneezy's shoulder, but is woken up when Sneezy says, I'm catching a cold. <laughs> he sneezes like Adam Sandler. That's weird. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> I'm about to sneeze, man. <laughs> the audience just laughs. Bash. <laughs> is this a new name? What's that? I'm Bash. Does this look like a new name? Bashful Musters. Oh. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm Bashful, Bashful Musters. Musters. That sounds like somebody from like a Clue game or something. <laughs> yeah. Bashful Musters up the courage, finally saying, I know which way we live. Doc abruptly asks, Which way, Bashful? But Bashful says, I'm too bashful to tell you. And then hides his face. And Dopey finally gets an idea and says, Hey, I remember which way. We follow the yellow brick road. Grumpy gives him a dirty look and says, That's the Wizard of Oz, dumbass. <laughs> Dopey raises his hands in defeat and says, Eh, don't follow the yellow brick road. The audience laughs once again. And with that, the doors begin singing hi-ho again and march off the stage. I did I did not even recognize Jan. Like, no exaggeration. I saw Jan. I'm like, who is that? Like, who the hell's playing? Like, who'd she play? Happy? Like, who the hell played uh, Happy? I don't remember. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. the way the makeup was and her smiling like that all the time, like, I didn't recognize her. But she never <laughs> smiles like that. I was like, who the fuck? So, yeah. <laughs> I actually got confused for a minute because I'm like, is this what they meant when they said the stand-in was in there? Because I was like, this can't be her. Don't look anything like her. So kudos to Jan. Yeah. Scene 23. Next, we see Alice as the wicked queen on stage, looking at herself in a mirror. In a sing-song tone, she says, mirror, mirror that I see. Is there anyone fairer than me? She gives the mirror a dirty look and says, you know what your answer had better be. In the backstage garage carport thingy, we see Mike on a mic, <laughs> get it, <laughs> saying, oh, my fair queen. The wicked queen responds, ah, that's better. Speak. 
The mirror responds, my queen, Snow White is far out and youthful, more beautiful than you. The queen screams in anger. The mirror backpedals saying, I've got to be honest. The queen now confused says, Snow White, who's Snow White? But when Snow White doesn't enter, the queen changes her line to, where is Snow White? (laughs) Snow White then (laughs) enters this stage, throwing little bits of paper around and singing in a high pitched tone. When she finally stops, she strikes a pose and asks, did somebody drop the name Snow White? (laughs) The queen gives Snow White a weird look, then out of the side of her mouth asks the mirror, is that her? The freaky looking kid? (laughs) The mirror responds, you bet your nylon wig, ain't she out of sight? The The queen, now irritated, gives the mirror a dirty look and says, bite your tongue. Snow White, now with a southern accent for some reason, looks at the queen and says, my goodness, what a strange mirror you have. Did you want to see me your royal wickedness? The queen touches her finger to Snow White's chin and says, yes, ugly child. Come, let us take a little stroll through the woods. Snow White, surprised at the suggestion, says, the woods? Doesn't wild, hungry animals live in the woods? Like lions and tiger. No, Jen's that. The queen gives the audience a look and says, I certainly hope so. As she leads Snow White Hmm. away. Hmm. Hmm. Mike is pretty good at work at voiceovers. I got to (laughs) say he was pretty good. Um, And, you know, you know, Alice annoyed Carol by calling her ugly. (laughs) You know, she loved that line. Yes. Ugly child. I just thought that was funny. I was like, ah, you're ugly. You see, let's rehearse that scene again. <laughs> let's rehearse like 14 more times so I can call you ugly. <laughs> I think I, I think I should change my line to fucking ugly. Can I change it to fucking ugly? <laughs> We're sorry, it's a kid's show. How about fugly? How about ugly ass? Can I say ugly ass? <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> scene 24. The queen leads Snow White back out onto the stage, and of course, she's still throwing paper around and singing. Backstage, we still see the Brady kids making wild animal sounds as Snow White, looking scared, says, My, listen to all those wild, hungry animals. The queen relishing in the danger Snow White is now in says, Yes, I just remembered I forgot something. I'll be back later. (laughs) When she goes to leave, Snow White grabs her cape and says, Oh no, your wickedness, don't leave me alone. I'm afraid. Backstage, all the dwarves get their turn at making wild animal noises. But when Sam can't think of anything, he simply barks like a dog in desperation. That part was so funny. I laughed so hard at that part. That timing was perfect. On Sam's part, the guy that played Sam, that was perfect. Oh, yeah, it was great comedy yeah. timing. It was perfect. <laughs> Okay, anyway. <laughs> that's right That's right up there with, I just knocked your cat in the toilet. <laughs> Sorry. Back on stage, the queen <laughs> presents Snow White with an apple, telling her, here, eat this while I'm gone. It will calm you down. Way down. <laughs> Snow White, delighted at the offer, takes it, saying, oh, you're so kind. Before the queen turns to walk away, she says, Let me be the first to say goodbye, Snow White. She then lets out an evil cackle 
and walks away, leaving Snow White alone with her apple. How does how does the cackle go? We, we, <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 Snow White turns to the audience and asks, "Isn't she sweet?" <laughs> Snow White then goes to bite the apple. Then, as if possessed by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> sings a high note and falls to the floor. <laughs> I thought that part was pretty fucking funny too. <laughs> she didn't even, didn't even she didn't even take a bite. Her teeth just barely sink in. She's like, ah, and she falls to the floor. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it was hilarious. When we see the dwarves enter the stage once again, singing hi-ho, they walk onto the stage in a line, circle around once again with Dopey stopping quick and everyone walking into him. <laughs> Doc, irritated, says, would you stop doing that, Dopey? This time, Dopey, having seen Snow White, points and says, the look, Doc. The doc immediately takes out his stethoscope, places it on Snow White's shoulder. <laughs> Bashful quickly asks, what's wrong with her, doc? Doc thinks for a moment and says, either my stethoscope has stopped working or she has. <laughs> All the dwarves react <laughs> feeling bad. <laughs> doc stands up, looks at Dopey and says, nope, I'm afraid she's... <laughs> Dopey asks... <laughs> doc repeats... Dopey looks down in sadness and says, poor lady. Happy smiles and chuckles. <laughs> it sounds funny. Happy smiles and chuckles saying, it's so sad I can cry. But before she can, Prince Charming atop his trusty steed gallops in with fanfare. He stops in front of Snow White and says, hi there. I was just passing through and saw your group. I thought it was a luau. He then spots Snow White and is immediately taken aback, saying, Whoa, what a vision of loveliness. Is this damsel in distress? Sleepy yawns and says, The worst kind. <sighs> Bashful looks at Prince Charming and answers, <laughs> Prince Charming, not sure he heard correctly, asks, <laughs> Snow White herself confirms, <laughs> <laughs> Prince Charming looks at the audience and says, it's the most beautiful face I've ever seen. I shall kiss her. Doc stops him and says, As a doctor, I can assure you that'll do no good. Prince Charming looks at the audience and says, Well, it wouldn't hurt." Prince Charming kneels down, horse and all, to kiss Snow White. But when he can't reach, Mike <laughs> breaks character and whispers, I can't reach. Carol lifts her head <laughs> enough to <laughs> Mike to kiss it. And with a kiss, Snow White lets out an oh and lifts her head. She continues, I must have dozed off. <laughs> she looks at Prince Charming and asks, who are you? He proudly announces, I am Prince Charming. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Snow White asks, is that you that kissed me or your horse? Prince Charming confused asks, huh? Snow White tells him, you can answer with a yay or a nay. <laughs> Prince Charming just laughs. All the dwarfs moan, with Doc saying, somebody give her another bite of that apple. <laughs> Prince Charming takes her by the hand and says, oh no, this lady shall come with me to the palace and be my princess. <laughs> Snow White glances at Prince Charming's horse and says, I think I'd better walk. I don't believe there's any room for me in your, in your horse. <laughs> ah, hi -oh. Everybody just laughs while Snow White and Prince Charming ride off into the sunset. Well, the garage port, carport yeah. thingy. 
<laughs> Happy looks at them in delight and says, I love happy endings. Grumpy crosses his arms and says, I hate happy endings. And with that, they begin singing hi-ho again. This time, standing up Mrs. Whitfield as they walk around the stage. As she stands on the stage with them, they present her with what has to be the lightest set of books on planet Earth. <laughs> they just pick it up like it's an empty box. Like, here you go. And it's like this old elderly lady. She's like, cool, thanks. And she's just like curling like 70 pounds. <clears throat> or it could just be a piece of paper in there that just says, That's we true, owe yeah. you like a set of books. <laughs> assuming we sold enough tickets. Your IOU. <laughs> this is the bill for the rest of the books. You're getting a 200 set of books for like 50 about bucks. 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. First off, Alice killed it. She was hands down the best person in the show, like by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. Jan was awesome. Like I said before, Mike kind of sucked. He wasn't very hmm. good. Carol was terrible. She was horrible. <laughs> uh, Greg was completely overacting. And the rest of them were all right. <laughs> all right. I feel like Sam just kind of said his lines. Like, <laughs> I was just Sam. Like it wasn't. Yeah, I just heard that again. Sam says rough. <laughs> so rough. <laughs> he didn't even try to imitate a dog. He's just like, uh, rough. Like, that's it. That's fine. Yeah, there's a couple of funny parts in that scene that I fucking laughed out loud mm -hmm. too. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Scene 25. Later in the kitchen, Alice and Sam are sitting at the kitchen table enjoying some coffee and cookies. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Alice looks at Sam and says, I sure am a sucker for happy endings. Sam looks at Alice and says, oh, I don't know. Every time I get a massage, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Couldn't resist. No. Sam says, ditto. Mrs. Whitfield <laughs> sure did appreciate the play and the books and everything, didn't she? Alice looks at Sam awkwardly and says, I was thinking more along the lines of Prince Charming and Snow White. Hmm. Sam, not as dumb as he looks and sounds, asks, are you hinting, Alice? Alice points at herself and asks, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> who, me? Hey, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be. Who, me? Sorry. Sam, <laughs> Sam quickly butts in saying, it's okay. I'm a fellow who can take a hint. Let me put it this way. Alice hanging on every word says, yes. Finally, <laughs> Sam says, when you get to be Snow White and I get to be Prince Charming, I'll consider it. <laughs> Alice nods and says, sounds fair. They both lift their coffee cups to each other and drink. Oh, my only note is, oh, they match. Cause like Sam's <laughs> shirt is the exact same color as Alice's uniform. Oh, that's totes adorbs. So that's totes adorbs. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That was a good one. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. So. I have an email to read. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> It'll be all good. Don't worry. <laughs> Every little thing is going to be all right. All right. So this email is from Laura. Laura. 
Morris says she's talking about the Adios Johnny Bravo episode. Okay. She says, I heard most, but not all the podcast. Did you mention that Claudia Jennings died in a car accident at age mm. 33? She says 33. When was it 33? I thought it was like 29. I don't know. Um, also, the song they put together for Greg was pretty good. She says she liked it. Um, I mentioned that, yeah, you had said something about her dying and, uh, yeah, sad. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what made me look it up. <clears throat> she died in a car accident, yeah. I think in Los Angeles. Usually, usually that's the kind of thing I would look up, but I didn't even think about it mm. for some reason. Hmm. Um, and so she just kind of ended saying, yeah, you guys make me laugh whenever I listen. I mm-hmm. hope you guys are making money. <laughs> nah, it's not about you talking money. about your jobs. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> That's it. And she says, uh, thanks, Laura. That's oh, cool. no, sorry. She actually signed it, The Sour Grapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. As we call her, Lori. Yeah, just because we're, we're close like that. You know what I mean? Nah, I mean. <laughs> nah, I mean. No, we don't, we, we don't call her Laura. Laura. We don't call her Lori. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was nice. Yeah. That was freaking nice. <laughs> fucking nice. You're being like PG rated today for some reason. I am? Mm-hmm. The fuck makes you think that? Because <laughs> you were like a whole, well, that was a joke. Yeah. A whole was a joke, but but you were like, I don't know, you, you literally had things like, what the fuck right now? But you were like, what the heck? Well, no, that's because I went <laughs> to say that and I look up and my my son was walking through right in front of me, like 10 <laughs> okay, feet in front geez. of me. I'm like, uh, so that's why. <laughs> I don't like to say the F-bomb in front of my kids. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, my son gets mad. I usually don't say it normally, but sometimes it slips out. Yeah. He's always like, hey. Yeah, I don't like saying the fuck word. Yeah. It's not around my kids <laughs> yeah. or my wife. Just out of politeness. But I don't give a shit about saying around you. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuckity fuck fuck. All right, so you know what we did here today, shit. Laura. We had a good time. Huh? <laughs> I'm just cursing just to get it out. like to Because to, you, know, <laughs> you sound offended. <laughs> yeah. I may sound offended, but I don't want you, Laura, to be offended because we do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No, we are not. And we would like to personally give a shout out to our producers from Patreon because without you, this couldn't be possible. And you know who we're talking about, Tack. Mm -hmm. We are talking about Ginny and Jim. Mm -hmm. Jiminy. (laughs) Jiminy. Because you guys are the original OPs. You guys are the ones that took a chance on us. You guys are the ones that started that ball rolling. And we will forever be in your debt. So we are like Chewbacca and you're like, you know, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, Han Solo. Han Solo or Luke Skywalker? Which is one that wore the vest? Han Solo, Han Solo wore the yeah, vest. Yeah, yeah. You're like them. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you know, we hear from Jim from time to time, but it's been a while since we heard from Jenny. Hmm. hmm. Maybe she's breaking up with us. Maybe. Hmm. I doubt it. Jenny's just busy. <laughs> With her sports stuff. <laughs> With the Olympics. I've been watching it. Jenny would be proud of me. I've been watching the Olympics. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it. I usually try to watch some of the Olympics, but. I watched curling. <laughs> and I watched the women's um, snowboarding. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, good. It's on um, Peacock. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Peacock. Unless it's free. Is it free on Peacock? Nope. I don't think so. Stupid. It's free on NBC, though. You have cable, right? 
Yeah, but I never turn it on. The only, the only reason why I have it is because it comes with the apartment. <laughs> do you have DVR? A DVR? No. No. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, anyways, yeah, you'll have to check your local listings. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. All right. <laughs> so we do have some homework assignments for everybody. Mm-hmm. First off, go check out the website. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't. I know you're sitting there listening to this going, yeah, check out the website. They always say that. Yeah, we say it every week because your ass hasn't done it yet. That's right. So go check out the website. Next thing you're taking a dump, go check out the website, www.averybreedypodcast.com. And do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox. Helps us out tremendously. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Tell two friends about the show. Or if you don't like the show, um, post it on a message board. <laughs> Just post it on a message board. Yeah, that's right. Uh, send an email to the show, you know, like Laura did, and tell us how you like or dislike the show or just any ideas or whatever at averybradypodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out the <laughs> check out the Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook, get real-time updates, like if we're ever going to be late on a release day, which, by the way, a little reminder, our release days are now moved to Thursdays, so check your local listings. (laughs) (laughs) Go check out the Retro Network. I'm telling you, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's worth at least looking at, because if you like the nostalgic part of this show, if you're one of our our listeners that grew up with the Brady Munch, you'll like the Retro Network, because that's the kind of vibe that they have going on. That's why we joined them. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Check out our T Public store for merch. The link is in the description of all the episodes. So is there any update to the shirt, to the new shirt design? Not yet. It's still, it's coming. It's coming. I'm sorry. It's coming. Last but not least, if you don't do anything else, go watch the Brady Bunch. Hell yeah. Go watch the Brady Bunch. Mm. Next week's show, Tax about to talk to you about. But I'm telling you, if you go watch the Brady Bunch, and you have a mindset like you're kind of analyzing it because some of us watch the Brady Bunch and we get lost in it. We just kind of like, no, think about it from like attack and Jimmy mindset. Like think about like criticizing it and stuff like that. I'm telling you next week's episode is going to be a lot funnier because you'll notice things that we, you'll be like, oh my God, I noticed that too. So now that you're all excited about it, that's going to tell you when to start. Mm-hmm. So on the next episode is season five, episode four, never too young. And I'm thinking Vincent Price wants to tell all about the episode. So he says, hmm, yes, Bobby gets his first kiss and sees fireworks, but he wants to keep it a secret from his older brothers. Hmm. Meanwhile, the Bradys get ready for a roaring 20s party. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> So that sounds like fun. Sorry. There's a cool guest uh, on the next, I mean, not on our podcast, but on the next episode of the Brady Bunch. We have a guest star that I was excited to see, but you probably don't care. I don't even know who it is. It's uh, Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie. Cool. Not Melissa Joe Anderson. (laughs) You Uh, messed it up on purpose. What's that? She was the she eventually became blind. She was the blind sister, older sister to Laura Ingalls. She became blind in real life. No, just on the show. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, unless you have anything else, 
I do not. No? All right, well, I have been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you, yes, you, on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.